Good morning once again, and welcome to Mercury, a broadcast of hope. I'm Max O'Brien, here today with Dr. Rosalind Clark. We've been back on the air for a while now, 28 days in fact, and we like to think our audience is growing. Yes. Good morning. While we try to figure out how to deal with the zombie problem, perhaps we can keep you informed and entertained. And if you have any information, please find a way to let us know so we can pass it along. In the meantime, Max, you told a story the other day that you once heard on a camping trip. Do you have any other stories like that? Well, there's the story I told to the other campers that same night. Let's hear it. Okay. So, a vampire walks into a supermarket early one evening. It's winter, so he can get an early start with the sundown. He's picking up some dental floss and a few other things he needs. I never thought of vampires having to go shopping, but I guess they would. Go on. He finds the items he wants and does self-checkout. On the way out, he notices a lottery machine. He's never bought a lottery ticket before, but it's Friday the 13th and he's feeling lucky. He doesn't know much about lotteries, but he puts a couple of dollars into the machine, presses two buttons, and a paper slip pops out. The vampire realizes the ticket is for a drawing a couple of days away, so he puts the ticket in his pocket and forgets about it. So are vampires forgetful? The vampire forgets about the ticket until a few nights later when he hears something on the radio about someone hitting a lottery jackpot. So he pulls out the ticket, checks the numbers, and realizes he's the big winner. That must make him happy. It does, until he looks at the ticket again. He hasn't been paying much attention, and he'd bought a win-for-life ticket. And while the ticket has the right numbers, he realizes he's not eligible. That sounds frustrating. The vampire knows he'd get a lot of scrutiny if he tries to submit the ticket. He wants the money, but doesn't know what to do. It's early in the evening, and he has time to make his rounds. He walks down the street and notices a bar. He walks in, takes a seat in the corner. He gets the bartender's attention and orders a Bloody Mary. Of course. The drink arrives. The vampire takes a sip, frowns. And with nobody looking, he reaches into his jacket pocket, grabs a flask, and adds a few drops to his cocktail. Better, he thinks. Then he concentrates on his problem. Five Bloody Marys later, he's gotten nowhere. There isn't much business, and the bartender is paying a little more attention than the vampire wants. At some point, he's the only patron, and the bartender walks up to him and smiles. The vampire's glass is empty except for some residue. The bartender smiles. You drink it fast, before it clots, he says. The vampire doesn't know how to respond. I get all kinds in here, the bartender says. I can see the alcohol isn't affecting you, and you've been making the drinks a little bloodier. So I think I know what you are. The vampire starts to get up to leave. Not so fast. You haven't paid yet, the bartender says. And you've been thinking over some problem you can't solve. Maybe I can help. The vampire tells his story, and the bartender nods. Unless you have a better idea, why don't we split it? I'll turn in the ticket and arrange to collect. I'll give you half the money after taxes each week. Not bad, but can the vampire trust the bartender? Well, that's what he's wondering. He can't go out during the day when the lottery office is open, so there's not much he can do. With a smaller price, he could have cashed it at the store, no questions asked. So the vampire asks the bartender how he can be sure he'll get his share. Do you think I'd try to cheat a vampire, the bartender says? So they make the arrangement. And for the first few weeks, the vampire turns up at the appointed time and the bartender hands him cash. And after the first few weeks? Sure enough, the vampire walks into the bar and the bartender's not there. He no longer works here, the new bartender says. The vampire's thirsty, but not for anything he can buy at the bar. 
He wants revenge. And maybe a good type A or two. He checks the lottery's website and finds the name of the bartender as the jackpot winner, then looks up his address. A few hours later, he's in a bedroom, staring down at the sleeping bartender, who soon wakes up. How did you get in here? he asks. I'm a vampire. That's what we do, the vampire says. If you kill me, you'll get revenge, but no more money, the bartender points out. So what do you propose, the vampire says. Here's what I'm thinking, the bartender says. The next day, the vampire moves in with the bartender, who now works at another bar. We both work nights, so it makes sense for us to be roommates, the bartender says. The money keeps rolling in, and a year later, they decide their lifestyles are too different for them to stay together. So they work out another deal. Sure thing. The vampire agrees to stay for another six months, and during that time, he gets all the money. After that, the bartender goes to the lottery office and makes a new arrangement. He's donating the ticket to a nonprofit blood bank. Of course, he gets a nice tax break. That makes sense. And the vampire has made enough money to stay out of the red for a long time, so to speak. Ugh. And with that, we'll talk to you soon. For Mercury, a broadcast of hope, I'm Max O'Brien with Dr. Rosalind Clark. Take care of each other. <laughs>